Ready? Do it. Thank you. We're recording. Cool. So, what's your story? So, the story. Um, I've got a mate who is... Sorry, I should apologise. I sounded so unenthusiastic. in. So, what's your story? Uh, yeah. Go on, get Dan, those words out yarn. so we can start talking yeah. again. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a downtime between coffee and beer. Um, yeah, so I went around to a mate's place who happens to be, uh, uh, you know, the guy who got me into home brewing and he's... Look, he probably hasn't really moved on from a kit in a can too much and was he was uh, making a beer and he was giving me to come around to test it out and I, I opened the door, I'm like, cool, man, yeah, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, well, let's check this beer out. And I'm like, where is it? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just, just in here. And I walk into his fermentation room and I'm looking around for it and it's on top of his fridge and I'm like, ah, oh, what, what's doing up there, man? It's a bit warm. It's a bit warm in here. He's like, oh, it's not too bad. And the little thermometer inside of the fermenter says 35 degrees. I'm like, ah, <laughs> that's a, is that a saison up there, man? He's just like, yeah, yeah, that stays on up there. Good afternoon, Dave. It's two o'clock on Sunday. How are you? A little bit sore. Yeah? Yeah. Played cricket yesterday for the Big Bear Bashes. I feel pretty good. Craft beer. You feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. I think just an like animal workout at the gym recently sure. might have just got me ready for it. Hmm. Uh, the animal's a little meek ferret or something, but <laughs> nevertheless. The Maestros of Malt was our team, mm-hmm. and we lost. Yeah. It's fun, though. Reigning champions Malt turned up. Hmm. Yeah. We lost to the hops. I feel yeah. like if we get some yeast in there, we've got a tri-series going on. True. I kind of want to play for the yeast team. I would too, yeah. Um, Though, also, uh, second year running, that myself and Pat from Terminus, or from everywhere around there, put together a solid partnership. So I'm thinking there'll be a fee involved next year. So the yeast team might uh, pay for the highest bidder. Hmm. I didn't get out. Last year I ended up scoring negative runs. It's an uh, indoor cricket system. And I didn't get it out, so I actually made runs this year, so that was good. Good contribution. I'm up. I'm up on runs. I was swinging that ball like nobody's business. Yeah. Anyway, good lot of fun. Yeah, it was good. So well <laughs> done to the Hot Pounds. Yeah. So, and yeah, I'm going to start so training craft, today. Craft Beer Rising was yesterday mm-hmm. around the country. Uh, I only really went to one other thing, which was just at the Owl House Project here in Melbourne. What did they have? I'm really sure what it was. They just had beers on. Cool. I think they might have been all Victorian beers, maybe. Um, I ticked a couple uh, of, of delicious beers. Like, yeah, it was good. Um, I think, did James Booth, like the Black Dog, did he have an exclusive one there? I think. Oh, I, he might have, yeah. I don't that think wasn't I one of the ones though. that you sorted out? No, I... What did you have? Can't remember. Okay. That's what's wrong. It was a big day. Yeah. yeah, it was just a long day, I think, and by the end of it, I couldn't really taste much, you know, when you... Have a few I had grand plans when I went home. I put the Phantom Saison, the Durank Hop Harvest, and a Golden Blend in the fridge, and I had one pale ale, and then I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Good work, uh, James from Crafty Pint, for getting Craft Beer Rising up and running as well. Yeah, it's a good day. Um, yep. Now, uh, we've also got Dan Dayton in the studio. Hi. How's it going, Dan? Good, good. As I said before, uh, it's a downtime, you know. 
after coffee before beer. So I'm a little flat, but that's all right. I'm, yeah, we'll, Sunday. Uh, we'll try and buoy your spirits with some fun banter. Please do. We will. It's been riveting so far. <laughs> Haven't mentioned the cricket yesterday either, so I'm still here, which is good. Uh, yes. So the cricket yesterday. <laughs> not not your cricket. The the other yeah, cricket. the other cricket. Yeah. yeah. Mm, boo. Uh, well, it was. It was a nail biter at least. Yeah. So the, we're referring. We're recording this after the Australian New Zealand game. The cricket fans will obviously know that um, it was a good result for everyone. So yeah. Good I work. think as we were playing yesterday, a few people had the phones out looking at the scores during the game. So. We weren't exactly honed in on the concentration <laughs> we of the game, doing. but hey, we had good fun. So uh, I've got some South Australian news from our friend Mikey Z. Awesome. Uh, and Dave, you've got some news, but we'll run into this one yeah, first. Yeah, do the SA stuff first. So Pirate Life, um, I think we mentioned the last time we had some news from SA, uh, got full fermenters, so keep an eye out for their beers. They've got some good brewing credentials. Um, so their beers cannot be too far away. Um, I think so one of the... Brewdog Brewers is brewing there, or cool, yeah. Going to learn, going to learn some good disciplines there. At least I would have thought. Definitely, um, Young Henry's uh, opening a brewery in Adelaide. Did anyone know this? No, no. That's a good qualifier for news, then, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, no, new, it's new yeah. to us. Um, that's, that's interesting. So they uh, this is during the Australian. I'll put, I'll put a link up to the show notes. I won't. I won't just read out the story because that'll be. Boring. And yeah, it'll probably take a long time to get through all this stuff. If that's our model. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Good work, Young Henry. So they guys are expanding, they're canning some lager now, I believe, uh, which is something that I, I like to drink. Yeah, too right. Canned canned lager. Talking about how good the weedy beers are as well. Mikey's saying that uh, they're going from strength to strength. Uh, Blinner Weiss running through the Randall. He says was delish. Cool. In capital letters. All right. So that That's must extra be pretty delicious. delicious. Or angry, shouting delicious. Um, so, yeah, and good work. I'd be keen to, to – um, I always love going to the Wheaties, so I'd be keen to, to get there and drink some of their Berliner Weiss because that's a great I'll thing. drink anyone's Berliner Weiss. Hmm. All right, cool. Yeah, that's it for South Australian News. Cool. So um, now official, <laughs> official friend of the show, uh, Pia, has sent us – uh, some WA news. So we're kicking off with uh, Northbridge Brewing Company launching a new uh, American IPA limited release. Um, at the I've never heard of Northbridge. Neither have I. Yeah. We can all Google it later on. We will, I'll put a link in the show. Have you heard of those guys? Never heard of. Cool. No. Well, um, any, anyone over there uh, at their beer club, $25 a ticket for beer, a bit of pizza, and a chat and tasting with the head brewer, Ken. When's that happening? Uh, I don't know. There's not really a date here, so okay. look it up yourselves. Yeah. Later on in the mu- in the mu- uh, the month, March twenty to twenty nine, American Craft Beer Week at Bob's Bar, sixty plus beers from twenty five plus American brewers over nine days. So, uh, you can check out more at their Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Bob's Bar Print Hall. Oh uh, yeah, I went to Print Hall once. Did uh, you? They turned me down because I wasn't wearing a college shirt. I was at the place. Yeah, I think they might have changed their policies now. Okay. Um, Just to be safe. Maybe we're a college show. Yeah. I think maybe the bar's upstairs. But I, I went in and I was, I, was, I was dressed really tidily for me. Just didn't have a college shirt. And, yeah, the guy at Barman just looked at me like, well, that was weird. He just looked at me weird. And then he did, and he came back and was like, oh, sorry, I can't serve you. I'm like, why not? And he's like, because you're not wearing a college shirt. And he's like, I'm like, well, this makes no sense. That's pretty ordinary, isn't it? Yeah, so I had to like... Uh, cool finally, story, cool there's, a, <laughs> <story>. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's just a couple of new releases out around. So um, 
Uh, Colonial have got a uh, a new beer out called the Lil Nipper, which is a um, New Zealand IPA. Cheeky Monkey are uh, brewing an ESB, but with a little twist. Ooh. It's an extra special Belgian. Uh, so they're doing an ESB with Belgian yeast. Okay. Um, sounds like more of a mistake than a... Well, I don't know if it is because it's, it's like a, it's the same yeast strain that they use for one of their core Belgian beers. So mm. um, unless they just use the wrong yeast. Hey. Could uh, easily have had just uh, pitched in the wrong... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very easily. <laughs> Not saying uh, that's what they've done. Only <laughs> a, and Well, I mean, it's only available at the brewery. So maybe, hey, it's a fun mistake perhaps. Yeah. Uh, Feral is um, releasing the Boris Snapper, which is their core Russian Imperial Stout, but uh, barrel-aged in uh, whippersnapper d- distillery barrels. People, uh, that's been called an Imperial Stout everywhere now, right? But I thought it was well, a porter. Well, it depends what they want. Well, no, it's a Russian Imperial Stout. That oh, falls oh in. no, that's right. They put it in the porter yeah, it, category. It, fall, it falls into the Imperial porter yep. category. Yep. So why the hell not, huh? Yeah. Um, uh, Eagle Bay and Bootleg both got black IPAs. been getting released in mid sort of March. So there'll be extra ones to uh, look forward to. So Great. if you're in WA, surely there's stuff in there that you can sink your teeth into. Uh, I also read a really good article this week I think it was from the Crafty Pint uh, about Ron Usbet Temple now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now at, I can't think of the name. Okay, cool. Jeez. This is a terrible start. Damn, we're normally, <laughs> we're normally better than this. Um, we're pretty tight. He's in WA somewhere though, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it called? Uh, just trying to remember. Ron Do you want some thinking music? Homestead. Homestead. So, yeah, Ron uh, is, is brewing some some fun-sounding beers at Homestead as well. I'd be really keen. Um, you know, his, his beers at Temple were always fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a few of, of my favourite beers came out of, out of there. Um, their Scarlet Super Sour was, was really good. Their Black IPA was, was everyone's favourite. Yeah. And Did you get to try the Imperial Midnight? Yeah. That was it crazy. was like you could drink a... A thimble, yeah, it and then not crazy in three days. Yeah, it's good. Very delicious. Um, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what he's doing. I think there's some barrels and stuff going on. Good work. Barrels are always fun. Speaking of feral, there is a Australia's largest 32 tap takeover of feral beers at Foresters in the 28th here in Melbourne. Yeah, that sounds like a bit of fun. It does sound like a bit of fun. Um, I think all my favourite like. Brewery tap takeovers that I've been to have like been feral ones. Yeah, because there's like real beers. gamut of beers that you can try there, and yeah. they're all pretty strong uh, quality. Um, and hopefully, like, Raging Flames. There, I still so. haven't heard much about their sour program. Yeah, it's kind of under wraps, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know anything about that? Not a lot. No, I remember um, Brenda doing a, a presentation on it, and actually 2013, mm. um, and talking a lot about that then. Um, it sounds like a fair bit of work involved in it, like, you know, almost a separate uh, brew house needed, different mm. O-rings, different hoses, different fermenters, anything that's going to touch uh, the Brett yeast, which is using. But, yeah, no, nothing nothing else out there mm. apart from that. Mm. So I um, um, hope that means he's got a lot of barrels waiting to ripen, so exactly. to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, just release... Uh, 
release one every year, you know, the same one every year, blend them back and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. could be fun. Um, speaking of that, uh, Matt from Boat Rocker, who we spoke to a while back, uh, he was he's doing a, another pseudo lambic, mm-hmm. um, and he said it might end up being a, a Gers. Um, so people that sort of don't know, a Gers is uh, an old, traditionally one, two, and three year old lambic blended to get a bit of um, refermentation happening in a um, yeah, a bit more of an effervescent style. So hopefully. I hope he does do that because the taste that we had of that Lambic was mm. outstanding. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's it for news for me, cool. Dave. Uh, no? That's all i got. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll chat to Dan about all things Dainton. Cool. Right, welcome back everyone. Um, we just finished drinking Four Pints Pale, which we talked about a little bit off mic, off ear. Um, we keep doing it wrong, all the yeah, off mic stuff. Yeah, terrible at this. I enjoyed it. Uh, Dan, you said it was a bit too caramelly for your, your liking. Yeah, it's it got a little bit of burnt crystal character going on there. Not like a, an acrid burnt, but just like a you know, caramelised kind of character. It's one of those ones I never think about, so I um, sort of just piqued my curiosity and I... Hmm. Picked a couple up. And I, I enjoyed it. It's probably not my favourite take on the style, but yeah. But yeah. I mean, you can't really complain. It too much always about does it. well on the hottest one hundred. Ah, look, it's, it's definitely one of the most approachable, you know, American style pale ales in the Aussie market. No doubt about it. So, well done, boys. Um, and we've just opened the India saison from Wolf of the Willows. Scott uh, was very kind to um, drop a couple of samples off for us. So, many thanks to Scott. Hmm. Uh, David, I haven't had any yet. What do you think? Uh, it's really good. It's kind of looking for more. Okay, come on. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just having, <laughs> yeah. having a moment. The Paul yeah. has said a lot. Yeah, um, I like that. Uh, yeah. He was looking lovingly into his glasses. It's quite um, passion fruity. Very passion fruity. Uh, yeah, it's it's got that kind of um, weird sort of, not weird, but that funky, saison finish, quite dry, really passion fruity. Um in the glass, it's bright yellow. It looks it's great. It's just vibrant. Vibrant. There I said it. All right, you talked me into it. Um, yeah, so he's, he's backed up his first beer with a winner, I think. Uh, oh, the first beer was fantastic. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a, Very well done. I think people are going to be keeping a close eye on them mm. um, from here on out. Uh, so, Dan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dainton Family Brewing. Yep. How's it all going? Yeah, good, good, very good. Uh, just got back from a few nights up in Brisbane, uh, just spruiking and uh, schmoozing my way around uh, the bars up there and then uh, around the gutters uh, later on the night, so <laughs> good times. Um, so Br- Brisbane, there's a lot of exciting things happening up there. What was sort of any standout par- bars or, or beers? Yeah, look, um, as far as uh, beers go, uh, look, where I did uh, my collab um, at Roscoe's at Bacchus, uh, look, one of his... That stood out to me as possibly the best Australian IPA I've ever had by mm. a long way, uh, which is his Mosaic IPA, which is just like nothing uh, that's out there really at the moment. You know, seven seven point eight percent IPA that just leaves everything else for dead. Really? really, yeah. As far as um, you know, the freshness of it and the the hop presentation. It, um, Balance, you know, incredibly drinkable, no alcohol character at all. 
uh, finishes dry. First time he's brewed or is uh, I believe he does a run of these. So, you know, there's a Mosaic, Citra, Chinook, Columbus, you know, every hop. Uh, but, you know, if you know anything about Bacchus, they don't really do any bottle sales, no wholesale sales. It's all really at the bar, um, which allows him to keep it really fresh as well. So that was a cracker. Um, I think I might have had that before, but I, it was at a takeover. So Ale House. So yeah, so um, often year, yeah. what I find with the Bacchus beers is that the ones that I love the most kind of get dwarfed at the tastings because they have those other really bold, really out there flavours yep, that can yep. kind of dull other ones. But like... One of the first takeovers I went to, like their Queensland Pale Ale, is great. Yep. But it took me a while to come to that conclusion because there was all these other outlandish exactly. You're sort drinking of beers. a four and a half percent, or it might even be less ABV. Um, and it's just, you know, it's incredibly well balanced, delicate beer, and then you're drinking a nineteen percent. Um, Something, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it just kills your taste. Rocky Road good. Fairy Floss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so look, those guys are doing some great stuff. Um, Green Beacon uh, were the first guys I went to visit. Uh, very hospitable. And um, their beer now is tasting fantastic. I believe it took them a little while to get to where they are, but uh, they gave me a four-pack of cans as well, which I brought back to Melbourne, and uh, they've travelled very well um, and, you know, some well-crafted beers. Uh, Newstead uh, seem to be doing some really good stuff up there too. There's a new brewery going in, um, so Brisbane Brewing Company, I think, Brisbane Brewhouse, where I did a presentation. They've got a second brewery going in. Uh, West End, which is meant to be spectacular, but uh, we got there a bit too early uh, to see it, so uh, didn't get to go in. Uh, and there's a, a new bar by the guys at Tipplers um, called Tomahawk on South Bank, and oh, yep. yeah, they're rotating through a lot of um, a lot of fresh uh, Brisbane stuff as well. So yeah, very cool to see. Um, it seems to be coming along quite well, mm. but look, I spent probably two nights going out looking at stuff. I have a feeling if I had spent three nights, I may have seen everything. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's obviously not as big as Melbourne, but it's, you know, easily as big as 300 metres on Smith Street. So, Which is um, yeah. It's, it's yeah. massive, yeah. <laughs> 300 metres on Smith Street's a huge array of choice. Though. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the quality is, of the beer is, is, is really top-notch. Everybody yes. that we speak to that's been to Brisbane in recent times just tells us that it's have currently vibrant and um, mm. uh, to cooperative, be a, the community there yeah. is def- the, the, yeah, at this stage. It seems to be a, a really good community and everyone supports everyone else and Yep, the brewers supporting bars, bars supporting brewers, and then um, really good point. Yeah, it just sounds really positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I met uh, Tim from Brutal was working at the Scratch up there, so you know he's a brewer making beer there. And then um, uh, Gavin Croft at Croft Brewing, he was just happened to be delivering cakes at one of the bars. I was mm. at you know at nine o'clock at night, and he's a guy I went and did the uh, beer school with at Ballarat as well. So oh, you're right, like everyone's sort of in doing their bit and out and about, and um, you know. Rocky from North Downs so at Bacchus and doing stuff. So, yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's very tight knit. Um, mm. and it's really good to see. It makes me want to go there and check it out. I've you should get to, to Bruce Vegas. Yeah, been up to Tepler's one time. Actually, Bruce Vegas is coming up, isn't it? We should it give that a plug. Yeah. I don't know the dates for it. Yeah, so uh, it starts on I believe twentieth of March through the twenty eighth. Cool. Um, yeah, so I'll be back up there again, uh, trying to defile Brisbane a little bit with my uh, shenanigans, so that'll be good. Yeah, awesome. Excellent. Mm. But check out the, the website. I think it's up. I shall put good. a link into the show notes for those listening. Um, yeah, check it out. I'm loving this beer, by the way. It's fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. you agree with my assessment? Uh, pretty much, yeah. It's kind of like a uh, almost a Drank XX 
landed with a stone wood Pacific Ale. If that makes sense. Yeah, does not getting as much passion fruit, but still there. But it's it looks like a passion fruit drink. Like mm. if there's some seeds in there, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, really. But it also finishes super dry. And yeah, pretty quick as well. But yum, mm. great work. Um, now you, how long have you been going for it, at Danton Danton family? I reckon we started wow, 2013, around about June, July ish. Um, and maybe only her first brew came out October 2013, I reckon. Yeah, so what's it, 18 months or so? Um, that, does that sound right? That sounds about right. Sounds yeah. about right. Hmm. 18 months sounds right. Yeah, yeah. So, having fun? Having fun. It's getting more and more hectic. Um, and I'm making beer out of more and more places. So, hmm. that's. That's a bit crazy. How many places are you making beer out of it? Uh, it's about to be six. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Around the country? Uh, only around Victoria at the moment. Um, yeah, I've been lucky enough to not have to travel too far, but um, depending on when uh, we can set up our brewery and depending on um, you know, availability of tank space, we'll see how far we have to travel. But at the moment, it's not too bad. Yeah. Cool. Now, um, we spoke a little bit before the show, and you've just said it there. You're, so you've got a brewery that you're – Hoping to get up and running soon. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, tell us about it? Okay, so yeah, we've um, about August last year we settled on a property down in Caram Downs, and uh, the idea is to have a little uh, little outlet for the beer there, as well as having um, all of our production on site. Um, as in, you can go in and sit down and have a beer, or you take away. Go sit down, and have a beer. Love um, it. Yeah, yeah. So that should be a. Uh, Quite nice, especially when we uh, finish a day in the brewery. But, yeah, look, mainly production. Um, we're putting in a, a 30-hex steam-fired system um, with a fairly large capacity and also probably capacity to almost uh, triple what's in there at the moment. So it's going to be huge. Um, but, look, and, you know, obviously more beer than we're going to need for a while, but future-proofing is something I had in mind. Uh, and the machinery, the brew house, it's all... Um, Chinese stuff, but um, some guys that we trust and we've bought stuff off and they have stuff in Australia, so we're very comfortable with uh, with what we've got. Uh, and the brew house, yeah, it's uh, custom made. Um, I did a fair bit of research on what I wanted, mm. uh, a few extra little bits and pieces as well to really uh, maximise um, the hops going into the beers, which has been a bit of an issue for us in some of the beers so far, um, clogging up systems and... Yeah, going into uh, brew houses where they're like, no, we just can't get that many hops in a beer. And look, I don't think we're really renowned for doing massively hoppy styles. But Mm. um, yeah, that's possibly due to the fact that uh, the ones I want to make are going to smash systems apart. So (laughs) yeah, I've been told a few times, nah, yeah, you get about a third of your hops in there that you want. So uh, So your your new system then, we're going to expect some... Some bolder beers coming out. Some some bigger bolder beers. Yeah, look, I, I've really tried um, so far to. Do, look, we've done a few specialty ones, a few higher ABV ones. Grandpappy's Whip, seven point seven percent. Had a huge amount of hops in it. I don't know if everyone has gotten to taste it mm. uh, as fresh as I wanted. Uh, it moved a little bit slowly for for whatever reason. Uh, and now, of course, I've I've run out just as the sales went crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, I think look, I got to try that. Sorry? I don't think I actually did. Really? Oh, oh, man. Yeah, it was um, very, very, very crazy hops, 12 hops uh, beer. Sounds uh, fun, though. Yeah. yeah, Imperial Red Rye Ale. And yeah. your first beer was the Red 
The red eye, yeah. yeah. So oh, that was that rye as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten, eleven percent rye. Yeah. Um, seven hops, seven malts, but yeah, based around being a, a balanced, sessionable beer with a lot of flavours, mm. um, and that's sort of you know, my mantra is to have beers that are very approachable, but still heaps of flavour with a few little subtle twists in there as mm. well, just to to keep everybody sort of happy and keep people intrigued. But yeah, as we uh, move into the new brewery, we'll have scope to do some of those bigger beers that I want. Um, be able to sit on a few uh, imperial stouts, even a few different versions. Mm. I've got in mind and some big um, triple black IPAs that you know, nice. I, yeah, I've been working on for years at home that just really haven't quite had the time and space and logistics to sort of move it yet. So yeah, some exciting stuff coming out, but also I want to focus on uh, getting the main beers right and consistent and. Um, yeah, just getting out there a little bit more. So do you – your range now, um, what do you see as your core beers that you uh, – The core beer – core beer is, is obviously the red. Mm. Um, the Impale, that was meant to be a core beer for us, but for one reason or another, we just couldn't figure out our keg system. Um, we use a keg renting system. I won't name them at the moment, but um, – yeah, it, it was a little bit difficult where the brewery was and trying to get kegs there and back, so mm. that kind of died off. But um, we've got the Golden, uh, which is our Belgian Golden, uh, our new Summer Ale, which is, you know, really is, uh, what do you call it, an Australian-style Summer Ale with Ala Summer, uh, Mochueka, Dr. Rudy Hops. Mm-hmm. So that's a 3.8% beer, um, which sells very, very well over the bar. It's, it's well-priced, but not super cheap. Uh, but yeah, a very hoppy, full-flavored beer for three point eight, which I think there's a bit of a market for. Or Absolutely, what people no are doubt about screaming it. for, right? Yeah, yeah I hope so, because hmm. uh, it's what I need to drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, look, I'd love to bring the IPA back as well. Um, you're back probably in bottles, so yeah. yeah look, we've probably got uh, just the four, four or five there at the moment. And um, yeah, look, the beauty about doing gypsy stuff is you can. You can experiment a little bit, and you know, we haven't really got a dark beer that's in the main range at the moment, smoked stout. Mm. Um, but yeah, stouts tend to move a little bit slower on, on kegs, and mm. we need to move our kegs within 28 days at the moment, otherwise, we get pinged for it. Oh, right. So, uh, yeah. The, um, there's something that we, we were chatting to Mitch Steele from Stone about. Yep. And sort of their position now where they can put out a beer with a th- yeah, the name of it is the date in 35 days' time. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're so big and they've got that supply chain and the brewery space and everything, yep. you know, that affords them the ability to, to do that kind of thing. But it's, you just touched on it there when you're sort of smaller and you don't have that supply network and probably not the sort of recognisable brand. It's, it's probably pretty difficult to get Distribution mainly. Yeah, yep. Um, you know, even if the brand um, was half as strong and our distribution was twice as good, it wouldn't be a problem mm. um, because, yeah, you've got to get the kegs out there. Once the kegs are out in the pubs, you, you're void of any sort of uh, fees. But, yeah, you, you're right. Look, um, you know, uh, you really are sort of restricted by the amount of beer you can, you can put out at any one time. Um, you know, if I was to make 30,000 litres of even my red, you know, that's a, a lot of of supply, you mm. know, like a lot of months of supply for me. So, you know, it's nice fresh, um, you know, and, you know, you're paying storage fees on it as well, whereas if I've made 1,000 litres or 2,000, 3,000, 8,000, that's fine. That moves quickly for me at the moment. So, you know, you do have to sort of go, well, hang on, 
I'd love to make a new beer, uh, but you know I've got probably you know four or five beers out there on tap rotation at the moment. Um, if I make three thousand liters of a seven percent stout, how quickly is that going to move? Um, you know. So, uh, yeah, you, you are restricted a little bit by your distribution and your marketing and your brand strength mm. um, at the moment. And then as you grow, you know, like uh, we are talking about Feral before, you know, like they're doing 32-tap uh, takeover. That's amazing. It's mm. so cool. And mm. and as brewers um, and business owners as well, you know, I think sometimes we forget that, you know, we do run businesses um, probably even more so than we want to. Uh so, uh, but yeah, as a brewer, you know, you, you get excited about doing new stuff um, and so do the punters and that's what we want to keep doing. Mm. But uh, yeah, reality sets in too. You have to be able to sell enough of your core range sometimes uh, just to survive. So your Red Eye Rye, I've noticed that in a few places that aren't uh, like beer venues. I, I went to a cocktail bar here in Melbourne um, and I think one of the only beers they had or the only beer that I, I wanted to drink because it was, you know, a couple of lagers or whatever. Yep. Not that I hate lagers, but, you know, you're kind of mainstream lagers. And Everyone knows what you're talking yeah. about, yeah. Quantifying qualify myself here. Um, the only one that was your one, and that sort of stood out like a sore thumb on the menu, and I ordered it, um, and the, the bar people were like, oh, we just all love that beer. And I've kind of seen similar comments where, as you said, it's sort of an approachable beer, and for that kind of style, mm-hmm. you don't really expect to see it popping up in those sorts of places. But it does... Um, and people really, really like it, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I guess look, credit, um, credit to uh, my distribution company for, for getting it out there. It's, it's very hard to go see a lot of these smaller cocktail bars, and even some of the bigger ones have it as well. And look, I think um, the thing about a beer like that is it, it does have a couple of little points of difference. Um, you know, that other beers, you know, like it's not a pale ale, it's not a red ale, it's mm. not a golden ale, it, it is a red ale with rye. Um, so, look, that's that's nice, but it is, um, it's nice to distinguish it. Yeah, look, it is a, a well-priced, well-presented, interesting beer mm. um, that, you know, you, you, you can approach from two ways, as, you know, the, the the beer geek, which, you know, I am, but also the, the guy who likes to drink, you know, a couple of pints and just mm. enjoy himself too. So mm. that I think it covers both bases uh, really, really well. I think that's a culture that's, like, evolving in our beer scene at the moment. We moved from wanting to experiment with weird, wacky, extreme beers to really what the like a sort of culture of drinking pints with your friends on a hot day. Mm. Um, and they're the beers that I think that are doing really well at the moment. Yeah, there's kind of the ones that have a – the point of difference is that it's, you know, it's got a bit of rye in it or it's a red ale with rye rather than we put, you know, I don't know, goji berries in it or whatever. Um, I, like I prefer those, those kind of beers because mm. I feel like it's not an experiment. It's someone's thought about a recipe, mm. uh, which is – you know, again, I have to qualify myself and say that's not the case with all the beers. With yeah, I'm sure. Jones, I'm sure all the goji berry beers were really well thought out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, look, yeah, um, it, it isn't a gimmick beer, I suppose. Mm. Uh, and you know, look, the Gabs is all about gimmick beers. Um, mm. It is, and it's so exciting. Mm. But you know, I don't know how many pints of you know the winning Gabs beer I could ever drink. Probably none. Um, uh, Praline. I think we've talked about it before. It's great for yeah, tiny amount. such a well-made beer, like a beautifully made beer, but. Yeah, it's very I, rich and intense, though. Yeah. It, it is. Look, it's. I think it's a well-made drink. Um, you know, as far as my drinking habits go, you're right. Like I could drink maybe a thimble full of it. Mm. Um, I, lo- I love 
I love Costa's beers. Um, you know, his Cherry Creek was one of my beers of the year last mm. year. Like, I thought it was amazing. And his Saison's fantastic, but the Praline, um, it's a gimmick beer to me. It's not a session. I also drink. think that Gab's is, like, in the same evolution of our scene, I think it's moving. It's still always going to be an experiment. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Cool. But I think yeah. enough people have started treating it as a giant sample group mm. to test future one-off beers mm. or anything like that. Because so many have come out as specials or even, I mean, I think the best example is Gonna Matter. Mm. It's exploded since then. Yeah. And I think it's and a big, a focused, yes. yep. it's a focused um, group of if, keen if, if you can cut through beers, then... You have got good cut through. To exactly right. Kind of um, you get a concentrated feedback on your beer, so um, it, well, it, it, it'll probably always be experimental. But it always, always is. It's a really good resource for people I th- I think, to I think you're right, test yeah, the waters. And look, I know I go there and do that. I look at some of the crazy beers. I'm like, oh, there's no way I want to have seaweed in my beer. Like, <laughs> you know, um, but you know, yeah, you know, I remember uh, drinking Liberty there for the first time. Um, mm. I was just like, what is this stuff? And um, yeah, I was lucky enough to get some really fresh stuff um, when I was over just outside of um, Auckland when I was there. And, you know, that, you're right. Look, I think for people who probably, you know, I'm not saying I'm more of an evolved person, but I've definitely been drinking craft beer. For if you're in this studio, day. you're a more evolved person to us <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. It's not like we're broadcasting <laughs> Um But, yeah, look, that's that's the way I'd approach Gabs, you know, just to try to find out what's interesting for me. And, mm. you know, it's also good to see as a brewer what you – So you said you had some fresh liberty when you were over – over the ditch, yeah. that's Citra. That, oh yeah, it was Citra. That Citra's oh, crazy. Man. Dude. That, Citra and uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. yeah, that Citra could be the one of the. That's my favorite IPA. Beers. I yeah. think. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about. No, like, no, no. no, no. Just... And uh, just FYI, uh, Roscoe's one. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. I think he might be one up on it. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Watch Don't... the space then. Maybe we'll yeah. be able to get some. And, uh... You mentioned Dan that. Um, uh, Experimental beers and experimenting yourself mm. is exciting and the sort of sort of thing that you really enjoy about brewing. But also, you've got to be a responsible business owner and um, keep one eye on that part of the business. So I think it's really smart that you open a um, a bar as a front to the, the the brewery operation in a place like a front. You as know a what front I mean? Yeah. More nefarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. in a place like Caram Downs, like yeah. where it's there's not really much else there. You can develop mm. a really really strong local um, customer base that uh, you can build off pretty much. But if you have that there, um, almost certainly you're going to get a, get a really strong local customer base. So I think that's a really wise thing to do. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Um, yeah, and look, I, I, I hope it works out. Look, I'm sure it will. Um, and look, you, you see examples of people doing it already, and you know, not that I'm trying to copy anyone, but the. I think uh, having a little bit of territory there yourself and, um, you know, getting, getting locals involved, but also being uh, in an area that is on the way to a tourist, um, you know, region as well. So, you know, like um, just down the road, you've got Mornington, then you've got Red Hill, uh, you've got Hicks there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, and, you know, a massive wine region in the Mornington mm-hmm. wine region. So, you know, the idea was to be close to that, but also, um, you know, have our own little spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, look, we can put some experimental stuff through the bar as well. And what better way to test it out than exactly be right, right there when people are drinking? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. It's something that when we visited Belgium, every brewery had a, a tasting room. Um, and some of them were amazing, like just gorgeous rooms. And it was almost like you wouldn't open a brewery there without 
having it, and, mm. and you kind of wonder if that's a big part of why Belgian beer has stayed, stayed so strong for, for so many years is because your local comes down, you know, and that's where they meet. They meet at the brewery that, and, and at the bar there rather than just going to a, another bar and drinking whatever beer. Um, so the, the brewer's involved in the community. I think even historically the brewer of a, each town would end up being the mayor of the town. Like that's how sort of twined in. So I don't know if you want to become the mayor of... Uh, of Frankston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, look, I, you know, it's something, you know, I could see myself wearing a suit and a top hat and Definitely. having a cane and driving a Monopoly And being the car. most overdressed person <laughs> in the, in the, the, the greater area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not just Frankston. You, you and yeah. Garrett Oliver will be uh, <laughs> both wearing suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, when I get to wear a, a funky hat and a bow tie, um, I'll know I've made it then. So, uh, <laughs> until then, yeah. This reminds me of the Shilby Wrights, but without Brett. Okay. Uh, so Dave's get any of that? class yeah. uh, for people that aren't, aren't, can't see this I'm right so now. single-minded. I just wasn't <laughs> listening to any of that because I was just thinking about that, yeah. Um, so She'll Be Right was another Gab's beer. Yeah, exactly. My clear favourite, yeah. The Stillwater Brett's um, Farmhouse, I guess. Farmhouse but it was very hoppy, yeah. With Australian hops. It was really good. It was amazing, yeah. it was a good beer. But I think uh, coming back to Gab's, um, yeah, beer's kind of like that. Do get a bit lost in, in the, you know, praline world. I was dumbstruck that it didn't make the top five or something like that. Because was there a top five list that came yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't believe it. Um, That's the end of that story. Were yeah. you at Gab's last year, like no, as, a, as a brewer? No, no, no. I, I Plans for this year? Uh, no, I don't really um, – I don't have time to do mm. it, unfortunately. Just kind of a good thing? I yeah, guess. yeah. Look, I, I'd really like to do it and get involved. I think it would be fantastic. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, as, far as, as far as experimenting goes – yeah, look, we've got a, a couple of new ones coming out, but I'd, I'd still like to be able to get them out to a wider market than just cabs. And, mm. you know. So what are the new ones? And what are the new can ones? You, can you give us a sneak peek? I can give you a sneak peek. We do love an exclusive. Yes. <laughs> we never get it, no. but we love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. No, this is pretty much exclusive. Um, so we're going to uh, – we, we, well, boring one first, but uh, exciting for me. We're going to redo the, the Impale Ale, mm. um, and that's going to have twice as many hops in it, so that'll be nice. What was the Impale Ale? Remind me on, on that one. That it's was, uh, it's pretty much an Australian-style Pale Ale. Um, probably, you know, it was a beer designed to, to really be consumed by the meanie. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, it just took its time to grow and grow and grow, and as sales built, um, we ran out. And now it's uh, about two months after we've run out, so I need to redo it. But it's a yeah, Australian style pale ale. Actually, won silver in the uh, CBIA um, awards last year, which is quite good because nothing else in that category got higher. So yeah, that's um, great. Does that, yeah, yeah, we're happy with that. Does that? Did you do you see sort of a, that translate to, to sales after that kind of thing happens, or it, it directly translates to your confidence behind a product? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you need look. It, uh, it only will if you get out there and push it because no one really knows unless you tell them. Um, so you look, you know, there might, um, a few bars might look at it and go, "Oh, cool, it was an ordinary beer." But unless you're prepared to um, to go out there and spruik it, mm. um, no, it doesn't. Um, and you know, unless you take out, say. Feral's taken out the best um, beer show, I think, haven't they? Or best pale ale or something for the last few years at AIBA. You know, that's a really good coup for them. Mm. Uh, but, you know, they still make sure that people know about it mm. or otherwise, um, yeah, no point. But, uh, yeah, so the pale ale, um, that, that's uh, just going to come back out. And, um, 
yeah, that'll be hopefully still doing quite well. Um, but yeah, we're going to do our first lager um, as well uh, in a couple of weeks' time, which will be a rye-based, rice-based Japanese-style lager. So cool. rye and good. rice, I think uh, it's going to be a first of, uh, of that out there. So the idea is to simultaneously lighten and bring the body up, which sounds crazy, but um, I don't really want a light-bodied lager. I, I would like a, a more full-body cool. lager. But, um, okay, hear me out. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> funny look on my yeah. face. <laughs> Balancing it out. Um, so actually lightening up a little bit, but ha- adding the, um, the spiciness and the mouthfeel that rye imparts, mm. but also the dryness um, that, that rice does too. So, How are you going to hop it? Uh, it's going to be hot with a sriracha ace. Cool. Um, okay. And a few other hops as well. Um, so it will be a fairly hoppy, spicy, um, kind of a Vienna-style um, Very lager. Good. So the like only one that. I know of that is like the Two Brothers Rice Lager. Which two is Brothers a, Rice Lager. It's a and actually, great I just summer. Saw, yeah, Jane's doing one, Jane's isn't she? Doing yeah. I just saw that last night. I'm like, damn. At the one uh, at Two Birds, cool. the Footscray-inspired. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think hers has some, some weird uh, herbs think, and stuff. Um, Thai, uh, Vietnamese mint. Yeah, Thai basil, basil maybe. Yeah, um, so that'll be very different. Be, yeah, of doing. course. Well, it sounds like all three of them in the market, even though there might, there's going to be three rice lagers. Yeah, they sound like yeah. all really different beers. Yep, yep. I think it's uh, it's cool. So um, I made a um rice homebrew rice lager one time. Yep. Uh, with sriracha's hops and mm-hmm. New Zealand hops, and oh yeah, I was really happy. Like I think sriracha ace. In that kind of lighter style, um, mm. holds up really well. Yeah, you got to be careful with Strachi. Uh, you can get a bit soapy if you overuse it. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll be blending it with some other hops as well. Um, really, just to mask the height of Strachi Ace, which I hate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one's coming out. Um, that'll be whoa, probably six weeks away. Mm-hmm. Um, Smoke Stout will be coming out in bottles, IPA back in bottles, and midway through the year, we're doing another barrel aged um, brew. Uh, which will be our Imperial Stout. Great. Um, Sounds fun. So that's, yeah, that's going to be a cracker. Um, and also extremely, extremely limited release um, of a beer I did up at Bacchus. Uh, so a little recipe I, I'd done and went up there and helped the guys brew it. Well, they brewed most of it for me, to be honest, but uh, my recipe and I was in there monitoring what they're doing, which is a 13% um, pure stout with uh, Belgian candy syrup, mm. um, and it's brewed for um, for winter solstice. Mm. So it'd be 13, 13 malts, 13% ABV. Um, Sheesh. I think it's about 50% smoked, 15% rye, and then the rest a whole heap of roasted crystal malts. Wow. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah, so it's... Uh, How's it going to be released? Uh, it's going to be released up there only, and yeah. then I'll have nine bottles to distribute oh, wow. uh, okay. at my own free will down here. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, just this is a really good plug for you. Uh, your so, you, so, so seven more bottles mind. after we get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after you guys yeah. get yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very, very. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's um, look. I use that as a bit of a sounding board for for an idea of you know an Uber Imperial Stout. Um, know something that i'd like to do um you know and vintage beer releases is something that excites me when we get the chance to do that too so mm. you know having a uh, like like the guys at red hill you know they do a an imperial state every year mm. i'd like to do a couple um and, yeah, and are you gonna few. date the labels yeah it really annoys me when they don't do that yeah, yeah it's look i don't do it for my main 
Oh, no, no, fair enough. Yeah. When you make a vintage sort of style beer, has, you know, it's going to be yeah. a brute one. Yeah, so. I don't want to be decoding NV, bottle NV, codes, think, uh, bottle date codes <laughs> yeah. to figure out which one I'm drinking. <laughs> Tell me on the label. I think it'll clearly say yeah. uh, <laughs> brew date. You've got uh, just a year. Um, so, yeah. Great. That's about it as far as uh, new ones come out. I yeah. bought a six pack of the vintage um, Red Hill Imperial Stout when they do, they do a couple where they were clearing out there seller's stock oh, and they put yeah. the little stickers about which year it is on top so yeah. I've got a few more of those that I just bought from other places so in like, I can see oh there's a 08 09 10 11 and then those ones I don't know what they are I am sensing a theme uh, with a, a lot of your beers is, is rye yes why uh, I love I love rye um, in my beers would be the main reason. Um, I could have said why not, but that's you know, we'll leave that one <laughs> you just alone. Did. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I'm actually toying with the idea of um, of making all of our beers rye. Uh, there really is only two that don't have any rye, and, um, and yeah, I'm planning and thinking that that's that's what we're going to do, and we'll be a pure rye based brewery and uh, do some really funky stuff with rye moving forwards as well. Hmm. Um, as far as I know, I'm, where you should have opened your brewery. Yeah, yeah, we actually looked down there. Oh, Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that may be really confusing when people rock up to that. It's, yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, I think for me, look, in, in, in parts, a really nice uh, a bit of body uh, texture as well as the spiciness in there um, as well. So, look, I'm, you know, I, I think it adds a lot to be um, even in low low levels hmm. um, I think it, it gives it quite a lot um, so yeah look it's just just just, just my taste really um, but yeah look we might as well just use it as a marketing ploy as well no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> um, we're drinking um, the Superfly rye from from Hendo, yeah, yeah yeah and uh, I was sitting next to Hendo and I was drinking it mm-hmm. and it was maybe three months old at the time which is probably about the end of that life cycle for that, sure. that kind of beer yep. um, and I was Quite surprised how well it was still holding up. Yep, and I think that, that spiciness mm. gives seems to give it a, a longer shelf life because it kind of I don't know it gives it extra extra character. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, and it's it's like any beer, especially malts, and it really um, you know as the hop character or dies away, um, you know, and, and the bitterness you know fades. Uh, you do have uh, you know the malt there to stand behind too. So mm. same as a red stout porter. Um, Anything with a bit more complexity will definitely have a little bit more shelf life. Black, I, black IPAs are another one that yeah, seem well, they to, seem to change into a, a black, you know, like a, a hoppy porter after yeah, a while. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, now you said you're, you're brewing around uh, six six different places at the mm. moment. Um, is that difficult to keep track of? Yeah, it's horrible. Um, <laughs> But look, the guys I'm brewing with now, they're all actually very professional, fantastic people who are really good to work with. Um, and they all work differently, of mm-hmm. course, um, but it's just a matter of, of uh, finding out how they work. And it's no different to, um, you know, when you go to sell your beer in the pubs, they'll work differently too. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is, it's, it's hard to get, um, and look, you find you've got excess hops and grain and stuff all over the place. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's easier just to use their stock and pay, you know, pay them a little bit more to do it. And you go, look, that's just so much easier than me yeah. having to order it off two suppliers or three suppliers and get it there. Um, but yeah, look, it does take a lot of my time. Mm. Um, and then uh, logistics of getting it back to the warehouse 
in Melbourne too uh, is also quite challenging. Mm. Um, and we can consolidate all that and, and make life a little bit easier for us when we're under the one roof. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we asked you what the time frame is. is of you'd the like brew. to see, yeah. Yeah, look, I'd love... I'd love six months. And I reckon I've been saying six months for at least seven years. So, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I'd say six months, end of the year, yep. um, to be making beer, if not open to the public. Summertime opening would be great, wouldn't It'd it? It'd be fantastic. Yeah, and we'll look, we've got a few ideas about the actual date, but we'll find out a fair bit in about uh, a month's time. Excellent. Um, yeah. What are the main hurdles you've got to get over to do that sort of thing? Ah, oh, man, yeah, look... This is actually uh, something that I'm probably not across as well as I should be. Um, I'm sort of poking that all towards my silent partner, um, who's my old man. Um, but yeah, look, you, you really have to um, you have to obviously buy a brewery, rent or buy a property that's suitable. Um, you know, it has to have the right zoning. It has to have the right you know uh, connections flooring, to gas. Yeah. Well, you can put a flooring mm-hmm. in, but you know, like gas or electricity. Um, yeah, and you have to really meet with the, the council um, and they have to, uh, depending on where it is, what you want to do, you know, there'll be different kind of approval um, pro- processes that you have to go through, then sewerage as well, um, getting all that hooked up, um, then the liquor licensing um, and the ATO stuff as well. So, look, you know, first point of call for us was to chat to the council and um, look, they're, they're about as good as um, a, any of them, I think. Um, it is a long, drawn process, and you know those guys have obviously got a lot on their plate. Um, so, did you say you have, have already spoken to the yeah, council? We have. We've been speaking to them for over six months. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the guy that was looking after us left, um, and now we're working with a, a lady there who's been really helpful. Uh, but yeah, look, it just you know they've got their own time frame too, and unfortunately, ours. You know, we'd like to do it as soon as possible, but they need to make sure everything's right. So, um, yeah, look, that takes a, takes a long time. And anyone you speak to will say, yeah, the council just takes a long time, and, mm. and that's just that's just it. Um, and then, yeah, you've obviously got to commission the brewery. We went down the even longer path of going to build a custom uh, warehouse for it instead of moving into one, which would have been a lot easier, but, you know, in the long run, possibly not as ideal. So... We've got to do that, um, and then yeah, obviously uh, build a build a building and then install the the brew house, and, and that takes time too. So yeah, sounds like got your work cut out for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. and uh, try to uh, drive sales up. Um, but it's a great prize so. at the end of the journey, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and look, you know, at the end of the journey, I suppose for me is when I'm dead. So um, you know, it's <laughs> hopefully it's a fair way away. Yeah. Um, um, what what's been the biggest learning? curve for you um oh geez it's it's all been pretty steep i suppose but um biggest learning curve um probably being realistic about um about where you sort of are situated in in the whole scheme of the craft beer world if that makes sense so um for us, we, we got out there pretty quickly and, and did pretty well. And then, um, and then, oh, actually, look, no, I'll, I'll take that back. Um, we do very well out there when we can have the product. The issue for us is um, we have not been able to have the product all the time, and there have been a few reasons for that. Um, you know, running out of tank space, um, not being able to brew the beer we want um, at certain breweries, 
um, certain injuries to certain key members of staff. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, we've we've been a little bit up and down, and you know, for me, pretty much doing most of it then with my old man helping out inside. You know, if I'm out of action, uh, then not a lot gets done, um, and so you know, realizing that uh, if you're only relying on a very small amount of workforce. Well, and that you know applies to even to, say suppliers or other breweries or anyone that you're relying on. Um, you know, you really are. Um, you know, you can leave yourself open to to some uh, some downtime. So, you know, that spreading ourselves around a little bit more um, has been you know, something that I'm trying to do now. Hence, why we're at a few different breweries um, and you know use a lot of different suppliers and you know we try to take care of a lot of different accounts as well, mm. as opposed to just relying on one or two. So, yeah, that's all pretty boring business stuff, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely key, though, I would have thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And look, we've been around for eight months, nearly two years, and that's a tough time for any business um, starting. And, yeah, we're going to come out. And, um, you know, we've probably nearly brewed more beer this year than we have um, in the 12 months before or 15 months before. So that's, that's a good sign. Mm. It is a good sign. Now, you mentioned uh, injuries to certain... Members of the team, yourself. Yes. Um, uh-huh. I, I think there's a. I think Bruce New sort of alluded to your your sort of injury, um, mm-hmm. talking about sort of workplace safety and you know, the risks involved. Um, sure. How is your finger? Finger or fingers? Ah, uh, finger. So, yeah, yeah. Amazingly, you just got the the one uh, stuck in an auger. Um, yeah. So it was. Uh, Recap the story I've told a few times. It was um, now it's on public record. You've seen people here. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, yeah, look, um, I'll just tell it as I remember it. So, rocked up to the, the brewery by myself in the morning and was just making beer, and uh, a few things went wrong. The mill stopped, the hopper uh, overflowed, and um, yeah, I was just a bit uh, a bit frantic, and I was like, ah, oh, I don't, I really don't want to wreck, you know, somebody else's mill or. or Hopper or, or destroy something, so I uh, went and turned everything off. Jumped on the phone to to one of the brewers and was uh, chatting to uh, her, and um, yeah, thought I'd turned everything off, and I had the first time, and opened the shoot to the auger as per instructed, um, and I was using a, a long um, stainless steel screwdriver to to do it because you don't want to get your fingers anywhere near that, and uh, opened it up and went and turned it back on just to clear out the grain, and. Um, yeah, I, I must have just forgotten to turn it back off and I was on the phone still distracted and um, sort of walking around and, yeah, just wasn't really thinking and noticed there was still a little bit of grain at the bottom of the chute and just reached across with the one index finger out just to sweep a little bit and um, I was probably a finger length away from it and just sucked the finger in and, Jeez. yeah, somehow it stopped. Um, and the motor was still um, pulsing and... Um, you know, I was on the phone. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. I just have to go now and call the ambulance because my finger is, you know, it's wrecking your auger. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, hung up and, uh, you know, looked for the emergency off switch, which was absent. So, um, yeah, couldn't get my finger out. Jeez. Couldn't turn it off. Uh, so yeah, the cabinet to turn it off is about five meters away. Yeah, so I uh, couldn't turn anything off. Um, so I was stuck in there with the pulsing, luckily not Jesus. continuing to go or it probably would have taken my arm, as mm. I've been told. 
Yeah, so uh, luckily it was just a finger, and um, Ambos arrived about half an hour, 35 later, mm -hmm. with the fire brigade, uh, the police, Superman. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the whole brigade uh, rocked up, and uh, yeah, we got the finger out, and um, it was still on by a bit of soft tissue, Jeez. and uh, off to a hospital for a fairly long day mm. in uh, the emergency departure. Yeah. And uh, it's looking... Reasonably well now. Like if yeah, look, as you can see, like it's sort of a bit bent. Um, we're trying to straighten it out at the moment. It's gone back in for more recorrective surgery just the other day. So I can now actually kind of bend it, which it wouldn't bend at all before. Mm. So, yeah, look, it's still on. Um, but, yeah, long road to recovery. And, look, it certainly makes you think when you're seeing your own brewery up about what you really want to do. And, you know, for me... So it was the emergency buttons are very yeah, close now. Yeah, exactly. And look, there could have been a, a, a flick switch there when that shoots open, the organ mm. just doesn't go too. So there's a few things um, that I'll look into. Uh, when I'm seeing mine up, look, I would, I would hate for that to happen to one of my staff or, mm. or someone in there. You know, it would be a horrifying thing to have on your conscious, um, for me anyway. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, it's, it's, I guess, great that you still have a finger. <laughs> yeah, like I opened a can of beer with it last night, so it was pretty happy. <laughs> so that's a little that. tick. Yeah, yeah. Take off yeah. The yep. list, yeah. Um, so, what are you? Uh, what have you enjoyed the most about your journey along the way? Um, Changing tack from from yeah from yeah, yeah, yeah sure. painful because that wasn't it, was it? But no. <laughs> yeah, could have been a top twenty. No. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I guess um, for me, um, the thing about beer is it is a social thing. And I know, you know a lot of the big guys, that's how they tell that you know, it's a social drink. And look, for me, that's how it's always been. It is something that, um, you know, it, it does bring people together. And now with craft beer as well, it's not just bringing people together, getting booze, watching the football, um, which, you know, is still great. But, you know, you can really enjoy the, the art and the craft and the science and the interest and excitement behind it um, and, you know, just meeting like-minded people has been fantastic for me. Um, and, you know, like there's a certain amount of, um, you know, not that I experience a lot of it, but there's a certain amount of rock star status you get, you know, with the, the 300 other people that like craft beer in Melbourne. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so, look, I, I really enjoy that. I enjoy getting out there and talking to people and, um, you know, about about what I do and what other people are doing and, and meeting some really cool people and, mm. and getting to do something that, you know, I love. Um, I love making beer, but I also love, um, you know, getting, getting my product out there as well. And, you know, you know, I guess that social side of it too is really good for me. Mm. Um, and it's hard sometimes when you have to, uh, you know, it's a business first and foremost, unfortunately. Uh, and, yeah, it is hard to, um, to remember that sometimes when you're having a good time. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um. Take that, Eleanor Robertson, columns for The Guardian. Uh, I wish we didn't even bring her up. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what that is, don't worry. It's not important. Any more questions, Dave? I think we're good. Cool. All right. Well, let's um, take a short break and we'll come back and wrap everything up. Cool. Cool. Good one. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to you as well, buddy. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Welcome back, listeners as well, mostly. Yeah, screw them. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, let's get some recommendations done. It's that time of the day, isn't it? Yep. All right. Dave, 
You want to do the honours? Uh, sure. Uh, I'll kick off with the beer recommendation. Um, hit our shores pretty recently, uh, but my choice is the uh, Prairie Ales Bira, which is pretty much just like a uh, farmhouse sort of pale, isn't it? And it's Ooh. outstanding. Uh, it's around and about, so go and get some if you haven't tried it. And if you have, then you know that it's good enough to get again. All of their beers smell amazing and taste taste amazing yeah. as well. But every time I open up one of their beers and pour it into a glass, it's just exactly what I want from that mm-hmm. kind of beer. Um, Especially yeah. that one. It's like the yeah. sort of Belgian pale. Like I wish all of all beers were like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's mine. Great. What do you got? I have, uh, uh, speaking of Belgium, mm-hmm. Durank, Duranka, I think is probably oh, the, is it? the rest the way to say it. I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, Hop Harvest 2014 is on shelves at the moment around Australia, and it's delicious. Uh, for those, I guess, familiar with the XX Bitter, it's, it's kind of, I guess, probably a fresh hop version of that. Um, but, you know, with the Belgian yeast and everything, it just means it stands up a lot longer than, you know, a, a normal hop harvest beer, which you're not going to get a couple of months out of, really. Um, so, yeah, it's a, a really interesting beer. Um, they've got a best before date of 2019 on it, which is Damn. pretty pretty fun for a hop doesn't harvest. really matter for me if it holds up better because I'm going to have mine tonight. Mm. So. I actually had one – I've had one of the previous ones that maybe two years old. Yeah. Still just delicious. Great. Yeah. Wow. Just, um, it just keeps on evolving with so much mm. – you know, those, those Belgian styles can um, – can keep changing, uh, and yeah, definitely really. I'm good. going down to buy them all right now. So, <laughs> so listeners, there's none left. <laughs> uh, Dan, what do you got uh, for a beer recommendation? Um, so it can be a place, right? Definitely, sure. excellent. I actually just changed my mind uh, in the meantime. So uh, it's new bar um, opening, which happens to be themed on one of the best shows ever done, coming out of uh, Japan, which was Monkey Magic. Um, so if I can make that magic cloud noise, I'll, I'll do that. But yeah, it's called um, it's called Monkey King. It's uh, I believe fifty eight or sixty eight Mendy's um, Mendy's Lane, um, Melbourne Central. So yeah, themed on Monkey Magic. Oh. Um, they've so got some pretty cool beer in there. Cool, okay. and that's just opened. It is just opened, I believe. So yeah, get down, check it out. I cool. had not heard of it. No, yeah, neither have I. Very new. So always keen to see a new the CBD venue. Going so. down there after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Melbourne down the laneway, new. That's the kind of thing we love. That's that's, that's how uh, we do it. Monkey magic, yeah. like come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, pop culture reference. <laughs> yeah. Super Melbourne right now. Mm. Um, non beer. You want to start off non beer, Dan? Yeah, non beer. Sure. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I'd love to recommend an album, but I believe that's what you're going with. So I'll just recommend where I had brunch today. It, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. This Hang is on. a terrible recommendation. That's a really yeah. bad recommendation. <laughs> so I could go with an album, but I won't. Um, I'll go with uh, Prospect Coffee on uh, Prospect Hill uh, Road in Camberwell. Uh, very sexy coffee. Mm. Um, so, what sort of a what, what, what's your go-to coffee there? What are you going to get? I, I always um, get skinny flat white. So yeah, look, I'd like to pretend I was one of these, you know, drip feed single origin coffee snobs. But hey, I like milk in mine. So you know, I am one of those snobs. Uh, yeah, and, good, good to know. Um, I'm offended. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm making a uh, a milk imperial stout now too. So just a lack lactose one. Yeah, nice. Cool. Oh. no, no, it's horrible. Sweet. <laughs> I don't want it, any coffee and milk flavors going on in anything I drink, except for except, 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 except for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely skin flat white. Yeah, <laughs> that was a massive contradiction. Yes. Um, 
Great. What was it? Prospect. Prospect Coffee Camberwell. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm sure they don't need a recommendation, but if that's, you're in the area. That's here in Melbourne as well. Yep. A few non-Melbourne listeners. Hey, if, if you want to complain about that, send us a recommendation. We'll mm-hmm. read it out on the air. Exactly. I like how we're angry at them. <laughs> um, well, I am anyway. I don't yeah. know. It came through. Dave. Uh, uh, it's just crossed my mind that I might have done this one before already, but... How come I still can stands up, do Hightail, which I don't think I've ever done? You can do it. We just made fun of you, that's all. They, they stopped me from recommend, recommending Mountain Goat Hightail one time because oh, you've, you've done it before, which I hadn't done it before. Have you gone back and checked he the records? Re- no. That's okay. Fair enough. It's but, possible I haven't, but yeah. it just seems familiar. Fine, but anyway, yeah, my yeah. 9 be a recommendation is going to be Tuck Shop Takeaway. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, I feel like you recommended that last week. Did I? <laughs> I don't know. I don't care because I went back and I had a minty milkshake. Oh, yeah. What? Exactly. And it tastes exactly like minty. Was it chewy like minties? It sort of was, yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. I, I'd just be worried it's going to get stuck in my throat or my <laughs> teeth or something. But that, it's the guys that um, have chefed before at the Fat Duck in Bray and then they moved to here and did some work at Attica and Judemond, I think. So it's pretty decent um, uh, pedigree right. to open mm. up like a – uh, like a, it's not even really an American base. They make their their burgers are sort of American style, but um, they do some pretty lovingly made baked goods and weird flavors of milkshakes that um, are incredible. So um, mm. check it out if you are in the Caulfield North sort of area or travel for it. It's yeah, good. Yeah, I actually wanted to travel there one time uh, because I had time off over Christmas, and what better thing to do with your time off over Christmas? Go eat burgers somewhere. Sure. I'm really excited to go try it, but like everywhere else in Melbourne over Christmas, it fucking closes. Yeah. So I was like, How yeah. dare they? Oh, how, yeah. I want time off, not you. You're making me a burger, tuck shop. But this is a place whose burgers are so good that, like, if you don't get there early enough, they just sell out of burgers and go, We're not doing it anymore. So you can come in for milkshakes or That's awesome. You can I'm going to start yeah. doing that you know, over my bar. Sorry, right, beer. <laughs> It generates cool. hype. Yeah. They'll come back earlier next time. Exactly. Or then maybe never again. Yeah. yeah. I'd say the last, <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, uh, I'd go get my hair cut at the local barber and I'd get a, a what was called a spiky, so short back and sides of the hair spiked up with gel. That was a pretty cool kid. Um, and every time I'd go in, he would say, oh, you're lucky, the last one left. And in my mind, I thought that was like a thing. And I was just like, oh, man, I'm always so lucky getting the last the last spiky haircut as if like a And you keep like thing. recommending it to your friends, but you've got to get there early. Yeah, get there early. Run out. Yeah. Yeah. On the school he really has run out now. Look yeah. at your hair. So. <laughs> um, what a gullible kid I was. Yeah. He also used to give me the wrestling posters out of the, the Truth magazine. Really? Yeah. Although I quite often miss out because Anthony Craddock would get there before me. Anthony. Craddock. Oh, crad. Cool stories, Luke. Um, yeah. My recommendation. Uh, is an album from R&B singer from the 90s, uh, D'Angelo, who I don't I don't really remember that well and always know the name as an R&B singer from the 90s. Um, he's the kind of guy that would have his shirt off on an album cover, you know, those, those kind of... That sounds 90s. Peter Andre. Yeah, yeah, Usher or an R. Kelly. Peter Ja Rule. Yeah, Ja Rule, I think Rule, he's yeah. done his... Yeah. Um, but... Pavarotti? He, yeah, he yeah. did a... Yeah, it was horrendous, <laughs> yeah. It did not sell well, that album. <laughs> no. He um, So he's been sort of absent from the music scene for a while and has teamed up with, I think, Questlove, who's got the drummer for The Roots, maybe? I want to say that. Um, and they've put together an amazing soul album that is def- defined as its own genre, basically. It's like, there's nothing, I've never heard anything like it. Um, I mean, I'm not a fan of, of D'Angelo's earlier work, and then 
everyone kept on talking about this album. It kept on popping up on lists last year, and people saying how amazing it was and spectacular. It's um, yeah. If you can, you, want you some... compare it to anything else we may have. No, I think it's kind of like new jazz, like isn't new jazz, or, or there's kind of a few names for it okay. of that style. But it's it's kind of just funky, nice bass lines, really interesting. Um, You're right. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that comes close to in terms of of stylistically. It's its own. It seems to be its own beast. Um, sure. But kind of album that you can just sort of put on on a summertime day and, and enjoy the the sweet grooves. So a Melbourne summertime day when it's 14 degrees? Yeah. Or like, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and it's been uh, – I've had it sort of in constant rotation on my headphones at work um, while I'm working away. Shut off the sounds of the office to some uh, smooth – Shut off the of, inane banter. Yeah. With your minty milkshake. And your so good. I don't think you guys get how good this milkshake is. <laughs> sounds like we're all going yeah. there now. All right, let's wrap this up because I'm feeling hungry after, after hearing about food. I'm thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Um, where can people find you, Dan, on the internet? Um, yeah, look, we're so, you know, post-mod, we don't have a website. Um, Dainton Brewing, WordPress, just Google us. You'll find us. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We'll um, put some links up in the show notes as well if people want to yeah, just go to our site. Yeah, fa- Facebook or Twitter, um, Instagram. Um, oh, yeah, you'll find us. You'll find me. Uh, somehow people get my email address and phone from... Cyberspace. So, uh, whenever I hand out business cards, I just give them yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I randomly tattoo it on homelessmen's back <laughs> too sometimes. So, yeah, it's there. Um, Where can we find you? You can find me at aleofatime.com, at aleofatime on Twitter, and all, all my other links are there. Um, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash aleofatime, or email us, Luke at aleofatime and Dave at aleofatime.com. And um, Dan at aleofatime.com. Sure. Can you Here we go. Yeah. We'll, we'll trade you for some of that uh, Imperial Stout, uh, an email address. That sounds like a it's really a great awesome deal. deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <But> not me. <laughs> um, producer, thanks to the lovely Emma, Emma at aleofatime.com. Thank you to Tohider for the music. Thank you, Tohider. Everyone should listen to Tohider. We, we say this every week, but they're really fun to listen to. Mm. Thanks to Pia and Mikey for producing the non-Victorian content for today. That was outstanding work. So uh, Also kind of apologies. We didn't actually read – or we read it beforehand but didn't put it succinctly, so we ended up reading the emails as we did it. So it was a bit stilted. Sorry. I think mine sounded great. So okay, mine uh, I'm not taking any of that rap. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Mikey Z, uh, for presenting your news badly. Um, I'll lift my game next time. You can probably cut it together – Sharply, so it probably sounds like you know what you're doing. I might cut it together badly because it's always funny. It? <laughs> um, also, I want to give a shout out to the Australian Beer subreddit. Uh, for people that don't use Reddit or think it's just a, a place where people put upskirt pics, it's not. There's no upskirt pics in the Australian Beer subreddit to get on board. My experience of it is that it's like a complaining mecca. Yeah, so the Australian Beer subreddit, very small. Uh, reddit.com slash r slash osbeer. And, yeah, get on there. You can post a link to a story or a bit of a chat and um, get some discussion going. And it's a really fun, positive positive place and people are friendly and also... When you say small, how many people get involved? Uh, maybe about 100 regular users, I guess. Um, it doesn't sound small to me. I don't know Reddit very well. Yeah, it's... No, it's not, like, maybe... 30, you know, <laughs> as in terms of like right. regular, regular. Okay. How many accounts do you have? 
of uh, <laughs> I said that to someone when, when we sort of first started it, um, and I mentioned it to someone. They're like, "Oh yeah, I looked at that. It was just you posting your articles." I'm like, "No, it wasn't." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it was, but now it's not. Yeah, now it's not. Um, and it's yeah, it's good. It's a good place to get beer news and discuss beer news with with beer people. I'm never going on there, Steph. Well, okay, I'm going to look on there. Good. This and about you guys. Yeah, okay. perfect. Uh, we, hey, any buzz is good. I'll yes, take it. Yes. Someone on there called this podcast horrendous. So, oh, did they? Yeah, oh, that they, was oh, me. great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to find it. Uh, MCH dash is the username. Uh, MCH I, I, it's burned into my mind. No, he said that he just, I don't know, he said it was all in, in jokes. That's great. Um, and t- two guys having in Isn't jokes it? for an hour. Isn't it though? Like, well, that's what that's podcasts are. What did he say? Are. Two yeah. guys doing what? Just making in jokes for, for an hour. All right, cool. That's fair enough. Sometimes <laughs> it's like 40 minutes. So he's got his facts wrong there. Totally, totally wrong, dude. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I can read it. Oh, like, that's awesome. Get your facts straight, buddy. I'm like, that's reasonable. That's a fair enough assessment. <laughs> also, it's extra fun for me because like horrendous is my favorite like <laughs> negative word. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> turn of the table on you. Yeah. Um, oh, also, speaking of reviews, we would love your rating and review and iTunes you know I've never rated a podcast in iTunes and every time I do it like say, tell people to do it here I'm like I can't believe people don't do it you be, do yeah it. Well, like we berate them on air for yeah. not having the time to and do I've it I've never done I it I did so it for maybe us. we can offer them an incentive like you know I'll drop off a spare bottle of uh, Super Duper Imperial Stout whoever hey yeah. once we uh, get the hundredth podcast up uh, you know they can fight you guys in like a jelly you know ring style Fight you heard it here, Craft yeah, Beer yeah. Rising yeah. 2016. I'll that. Yeah, I, done. All right. In fact, probably don't really want to ever watch it myself. But look, yeah. <laughs> we'll do, we'll broadcast it. Yes, yeah, no one good. can watch it. Yeah. Yep. Well, Jelly Wrestling, we have gone well and truly off the rails. So let's wrap this up. Good one. Um, thank you so much for coming in, Dan. And Thanks, uh, we are excited to check out your new brewery when cool. you. Uh, Hopefully follow the progress, you guys. Yeah. Down there, you can do a little uh, podcast from there one day. Live, lock it in, show, mm-hmm. definitely. Alrighty. Cheers, Dave. See you later. See ya. Bye.